Hi there, and welcome to Isometric, a gaming podcast from a different perspective. I'm Steve Lubitz, and I am here with our panel, starting, as always, with Head of Development at Giant Space Cat, home of the, uh, will be released as of when you listen to this, Revolution 60 for iOS, Brianna Wu. How you doing, Bri? What's crack a So, uh, how you doing? How you feeling? <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's gonna be up in uh, an hour and ten minutes, and when I wake up in the morning, I will find out if Apple featured us. And um, I had I had the New York Times talk to me just before before the show, and a bunch of other stuff I can't talk about publicly. So at this point, I just want the baby gone, <laughs> I want the baby out, <laughs> and I just want to go on with the rest of my life all right so, so yeah. just so you know we're recording this on wednesday night so by the time you're listening to this the game will be out and you should go buy it you should definitely buy it so uh we also have assistant games editor at pace magazine maddie myers how you doing maddie i'm doing pretty good i don't have anything nearly as exciting happening in my life as Bree does <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, neither do I. So that's you know. That's, I've mostly uh, been hanging out, playing video games, and having a chill week. I, I, I'm just stressing vicariously through <laughs> Bree. Is, is my uh, is my my job this week? Yeah, I hear you. We also have we also have reviewer from iMore and hopes of the Zen and Tech podcast, Georgia Dow. How you doing, Georgia? <laughs> it's good. My life isn't as much pandemonium as. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Bringing it out early. Just putting wow. it in there on the top. <laughs> right wow. on the top. <laughs> All right. Well, this was the shortest episode of Isometric. <laughs> uh, can we you, can we just say we've literally had a 40-minute show <laughs> before we started recording this that we will never be able to air. We ever. We actually ever, had to we had ever. to we had to stop our audio and trash it because it was we really did talk about almost everything there, there for were 40 confessions. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> confessions were shared. Dark dark secrets. The, things stopped being polite and start getting started getting real. We got the down no, and dirty. Things stayed polite. Georgia was oh, there that's true. to, to that's make true. sure that things stayed very, very polite throughout. Uh, so oh. uh so well, Bree and Maddie, you were both uh kind of busy elsewhere this week aside from the game. Do you wanna well, so Maddie, you you were so you did a guest spot over on the uh, the Justice Points podcast. Yeah, we gave them a shout out last week, and then this most recent episode that they put out, I guested and talked about video game journalism awesome. because there were a few news articles that came out this week that had to do with that. There is a class that Chris Plant is going to be teaching at NYU on games journalism specifically, and some things were said on the internet about Patreon and journalists who choose to use that, and... Um, I was going to guest on Justice Points anyway, but then those things happened and it just was a perfect confluence of topics. So I did all of the discussion of games journalism that I do not have time or space to do here over there in the sense that I talked about how you would go about making money from it if that's possible and what I recommend people do and what I think about all of those news developments. So yeah, oh. I recommend it. I tried very, very hard to be polite, and Steve I'm actually listened to it. I'm gonna have to check it, it out. Yeah, yeah, I listened to it. You were actually, you were polite. You didn't, you well, you swear because they swear at that I on that show. They swear on their show. It is. I should note it's an explicit show, unlike our show. So don't listen yeah. to it with your kids around. I, I mean, but. it's it's not. You know, it's not like 
you're going like it's not f bombs every other minute. But it's you, not. They, you know. I, I mean, there are other episodes. I'm not sure. There they can be a little more playful. Depending. More, more people so will I, be I don't listening if it's explicit. It's very explicit, guys. Racy. It's so racy. So really, really sexy, sexy games journalism discussion happening oh, over bet. there. So it's like yeah. the Game of Thrones of uh, of games journalism. Yeah, kind of. Actually, <laughs> that's an apt comparison to how games journalism works <laughs> behind the scenes. There's a lot of death. Can can I ask you a question, Maddie? When you're a games journalist, does it it sometimes feels to me like there's a a tendency to spend more time going to panels and podcasts talking about games journalism than actually doing games journalism? Am I crazy about that impression that like uh, that like there's a lot of that or I I don't know. I mean, I do that because I think it's important, but I feel like not that many people do that. So mm-hmm. maybe it's just because you know me. Yeah I, yeah. I I actually feel like in spite of all of the panels and alleged talking about talking about it, the games journalists do, very few people actually have any idea what the job entails. <laughs> That's sort of I a think, weird, sad irony yeah, there. I think, yeah. Maddie, you also are, have a, a great um, ability to explain something so that everyone can understand. And I think that a lot of people have some really great ideas, but they're not able to explain it so that other people can understand oh. what those ideas are. That's really kind. Other people might say that I should stop talking about journalism and play more video games, but no, no, no. <laughs> well, you should yeah, do well, both. I, I, you should do I both. I agree with that too. Like there are definitely times when I'm like, I can't talk about games journalism anymore. I, I just don't want to. Well, but. I mean, can I clarify my question? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. the the reason I asked that is I I, I watched a, a documentary with um, a New York Times editor. And uh, this is a really cool guy. Like he had recovered from uh, heroin addiction and had wow. gone on to be like a really cool reporter there. Hmm. And he was talking about one of the most frustrating things about his job was as like the face of the New York Times constantly going out and speaking to students and doing media panels and doing all this stuff, which I can relate to because I'm constantly torn between do I go speak on women and games issues or do I go develop games? Like I very much feel this tension. So Mm -hmm. I guess I was curious if you felt that tension too sometimes. Absolutely. I do. And I know that I feel it, especially with, do I want to talk about women in games journalism or do I just Mm -hmm. want to talk about games? And I always prefer the latter. Right. Just every time, anytime I'm at a con and I'm like, oh, great, I'm coming up on a panel where I just get to talk about games. It's <laughs> it's exciting every single time for me. But that doesn't mean that I don't still think that it's important to do the other stuff because I know how few women there are who write mm-hmm. about games, especially how few women there are who have actual positions at publications mm-hmm. doing so. And it's seriously a really low number. So I, I think it's important for me to do the hard work, even though I don't think it's fun. But it's not like every time I turn around. I mean, you know I don't attend every single con. I I do what I can, but I definitely don't do as much as you. So you talk all the time, just constantly, (laughs) Brie. Thank you. Brie, we just can't get you to stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so speaking of which, so Brie, you had a piece in Polygon this week that a couple of people read. One of the one of the really big things we talk about a lot when we plan the show is how we don't want every week to be about women in tech. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't I, I actually asked Steve for this. If we could not really 
talk about my piece this week, but I did I did a piece that went reasonably viral. Basically, women in the games industry, meaning games journalists and game developers, kind of sharing stories about harassment, mm-hmm. uh, specifically online harassment that they um, that they got and. The response to it has just been overwhelming. Uh, I, 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 I just cannot even keep up with all my electronic devices that have been exploding. So, um, I just wanted to kind of take a moment before the show started today and thank everybody that read my piece and sent me, you know, very nice messages about it. Um, I really tried my best to answer everybody, but there was literally just too much email. And I guess I just also wanted to say, like, sometimes when we talk about the the women in tech issue, it's in really, like, dire terms because it's a dark subject. Mm-hmm. But what what really made me feel so good about this is I have rarely had days like I did yesterday where I felt so much love and concern and care from the industry. And yes, I did get more threats yesterday. Yes, I did have people sending me porno pics trying to freak me out. Yeah, yes, I did get rape threats. But the number of people that tweeted at me or wrote me personal emails to say, thank you, this piece really inspired me. You inspire me. Keep doing what you're doing. I really, you know, men, they're like, this is disgusting. I had no idea. Let's change this together. Mm-hmm. Um, it was literally a hundred to one. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think it would have been a hundred to one five years ago or 10 years ago. And, um, I just, I really feel really positive about the direction we're going. So it's kind of funny because when I first met you was when we did the vector on uh, mm-hmm. women and gaming and everything like that. And I think that like, you know, your your tweets and all of your pieces you've been a real forefront and sometimes we don't choose to you know make such a big spill into everything it just kind of happened you've been really i think made a huge change for women and i think that people are starting to really take notice on the differences and the difficulties that women experience with that and i think that you've made a real a big difference and you also maddie also speak out about it and have been honest and open about things that people usually don't talk about right it's been the hush hush thing and now people are yeah. saying you know what this isn't okay and more and more people are, are are speaking out so i think that that's really great even in the times that we've done this show the difference i can tell it's it's starting to make uh momentum which is so cool to get to see yeah yeah, yeah. and, yeah, and i mean cool. i've i've you know i it's really opened my eyes personally you know, mm-hmm. knowing you over the past year and, and the stuff that you've gone through. I mean, yeah. not even absent the stuff that you're writing, but just knowing, you know, what you're dealing with. And it's yeah. really... And- I mean, you've seen me on days where I've been really hurt. Yeah. And, you know... And, and it's it's made me want to do more and make, make this, you know, a better place, you know, not just for you guys now, but also, you know, for my kids that are, right. you know, if they ever decide to go down this route, you know, I want them to not have to deal with this kind of stuff uh-huh. that that you guys are dealing with. And hopefully, you're, you know, the work that you're doing is going to is going to make it so that, you know, the next generation that's coming up will have an easier time. Of Never it. let anyone tell you that one person cannot make a difference Definitely. because I had I had at least 50, 60 women write me yesterday personally some of them with long really personal letters talking about how just talking about these issues makes them feel less alone Mm -hmm. and makes them want to pursue the industry so i just i you know i i don't want us to talk about it a lot i would just say 
anyone can make a difference on this. And thank you for all the positive you know, messages you guys sent me. Yeah. And the people that are at the, the forefront, they're going to take the shrapnel so that those behind can't, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, it, it does make, it does make a difference. You do take more hits at the beginning of any movement of change, but, uh, it is definitely appreciated. And I know you, Maddie also have uh, been yeah. really open about everything that you've been going through as well. So that's, it's really cool. Yeah. It's going to be totally worth it. <laughs> You're going to be talking <laughs> you, about all your war wounds. You're going to yeah. be showing well, Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's better not to focus on that stuff mm-hmm. in the future. I think it's really easy to be hyper-focused on bad stuff that's happened to you in the past and in the conversations that you have with the younger generation. Like, I notice right. myself doing that. I'm not even... I'm in... I'm 28. I just had a birthday. So I'm happy birthday. Happy I birthday. like talk to like 23 year olds or like 18 year olds who are entering games journalism and they're having an easier time than I was at that time. And even like talking to other games journalists who are older than me, like if I talked to Leah Alexander about it, she had a much harder time when she was coming up and than I did. And that's how it's going to keep being. And it's, it's mm-hmm. hard not to feel a little bit jealous and resentful and be like, well, I had it so much more difficult. And yeah, we did, but that's okay because the reason why we had it hard is so that other people can have an easier time and so right. that they can have more people who are already there to look up to. And and mm-hmm. I don't know, it kind of feels weird to think about it in those terms, but you have to. You can't just mm-hmm. focus on your war wounds, at least not when you're talking to people who might not even have to worry about those stuff. Just let right. them have it. Yeah. Let them have a nice time. You should be proud that that you were strong enough to be. Yeah, able to, I mean, but being proud that. is one thing, but being bitter is another. True. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. It's something I I personally really struggle with is not becoming bitter when I hear people being like, "Oh, I've never experienced any harassment." And they're like twenty one, <sighs> and I'm like, "I hope you never do." Is the thing. Well, as long as they're not don't. dismissive of other people that have. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Some of it is just like young dismissive. people yeah. being yeah. young people, which is great. They they deserve to be happy and naive. But um, <laughs> it's like I I can't be bitter that that's how their yeah. experience is playing out. Yeah, yeah. I feel it. All that's right. what I so, fought for. <laughs> yeah. So should we talk about some video games? Yes, Let's do it. Let's do yes, it. Okay. So I, I guess this is on the same topic, and there's not really a whole lot to say, but I think it's worth mentioning that. This came across, you know, across my feeds, and I thought it was worth mentioning that the Girl Scouts just had their first uh, video game course. Uh, I guess they they introduced a patch for the older Girl Scouts last year, so they just did their first course teaching girls how to start getting into game dev. So I thought Love that was pretty that. awesome. That is yeah. so cool because that gives that gives like that's the problem with like you know that gives them the opportunity that they know that they can do this so i love that i love that there's more and more girls on shows tv shows that that other girls are going to watch that are like hacking into things and dealing with it like uh, felicity on arrow and other stuff so that's great my kids are my my oldest is going into brownies this year i think the twins are going to be starting up with with daisies this year i mean i think I, i i everything every interaction we've had with the girl scouts has been fantastic in general so and I mean, it's always up to the individual troops and, you know, whether they are, you know, who they're bringing in for something like that. But, I mean, I would hope that, up, you know, here in Boston, we'd be able to find, you know, I, I don't know if there are any, any female game developers who are, you know, <laughs> around in Boston. But. Right, right. <laughs> you know, Game Salad is a great product. Game Salad, I, I cannot, yeah. if you're a child out there and you want to learn to do games, it's a fantastic, there, there are a lot of really... Yeah great places to start um so should we talk about destiny 
Yeah, yeah, Georgia. Are, are you are you able to talk about this? I, I I I will talk as much as I know of this. So what? How did you did you have fun playing Destiny this week? <laughs> You're a horrible person. So what did you think of person. Peter Dinklage's voice acting? Did yeah, you like it? Yeah. That's horrible. You guys are horrible people. I'm just saying. There's there's going to be a special place where you guys are going to go. I'm just all saying right, that. All right, all right. Okay. Are there pandas there? <laughs> <laughs> there are pandas with adorable pitchforks. What what class did you play, Georgia? <laughs> oh, this oh. is so mean. Uh, okay, okay. Oh, I I just want to say. I'm just going to talk about Destiny because this is too mean. Yeah, well, I mean, we could spend an hour torturing Georgia, I could, but, you know. We could, we could, but I'd rather just torture, you know, I'm just going to sulk Destiny. off to the corner now. <laughs> um, I picked Titan, <laughs> the really? soldier class. Really? Soldier class, yeah. 80 to 20 armor ratio. Yeah, why, why are you surprised by that? What class did you think I was going to pick? I don't know. I could see as like a hunter, like getting up to someone and just destroying them up mm, in their face. I thought the so, hunter was more of a sniper yeah. class. Yeah, the hunter sounded more like a sniper class to me, so that's why I wasn't as interested in it. The Titan class is more the melee class, or at least that's that's how I'm playing. It has a very powerful melee. I've got an assault rifle and a shotgun. That's my first loadout. That is the loadout that I always get in every other game that doesn't automatically give me a loadout. Like in Borderlands, I played the whole thing through with a shotgun as brick, oh. different shotguns. That was my favorite playthrough. I played through as all the characters for what it's worth. And yeah, so I have really been enjoying Destiny. I loved that as soon as I started moving around in the game, I was like, oh, I'm so worried about learning these new controls. And then I just knew the controls because they're yeah. Halo controls. Yeah. So I immediately knew exactly what to do. I knew how to run before the game told me. I knew how to do everything before the game told me. It felt really good. And it just felt like slipping back into the awesomeness of Halo. And I wasn't even really super into Halo 4. I don't know if you guys all played that. I didn't play Halo 4. I played everything up to that. I never played Halo 4, though. Yeah, Halo 4, it had a different feel to it. But Halo 4 was a different studio. Was That wasn't yeah, Bungie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't. And the controls were theoretically the same, but there were just different ways about how the enemies were timed that did not feel quite right to me. Yeah. It's hard for me to even articulate what it was no, it exactly. Did, it did feel completely different. Just weird nuances that I can't articulate. But um, I this game, it was like the best parts of Halo and it was so beautiful to look at. There were times oh. when I would just, my jaw would drop and I'd be looking at this awesome spaceship and I'd be like, yeah, oh my beautiful. god, my PS4 is so cool. Oh. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. It's really stunningly beautiful. Even according to Brianna Wu standards. Yes. <laughs> I'm surprised because I, right. you know what? It's funny, I think Bri's starting to wear off on me because I, I just went from <laughs> playing Infamous to playing this. I'm like, this doesn't look quite as nice as Infamous does. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I don't have Infamous, so I don't know. Oh, oh, Steve. I think my eyes might be broken. It's possible. Oh, well, what um, do you like oh. about Infamous? That the Destiny. He likes the VFX. You like the VFX because it's it's yeah. it's the neon and smoke and video powers kind of break your brain. Yeah. And like the and like the reflections on the on the on the street of the puddles and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I don't know. It just it didn't. It looked very pretty, but it felt like it, it didn't. I don't know. It's not. It seemed like a smaller jump up from the PS3 than something like Infamous did for to me for some reason. And but uh, you know, I'm I'm like the last person to be asking about that. But so so Bree, what what class did you end up going? I with? I did Warlock, which is apparently why I don't know the difference between Titan and Hunter. Yeah, well that's I did so, too. I mean, right, but I did right. Warlock too, so. Um, wow. I mean, so I have I have literally played probably 4 hours of Halo in my life. Um What? 
I just I just never got into it. So I picked it up. I I really, really, really liked the the mission content. I like that you're kind of grinding up a character slowly. I like the way the controls feel. Um yeah, I like Warlock because you can pick like a sniper rifle and um, you know, like a, a scout rifle and a, a like charge rifle for up close. I really like the feel of it. I hated, 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 hated the player versus player combat because I would get in there and spawn and I'd get murdered and I'd spawn and I'd get murdered. And it makes me very frustrated because I've played a lot of Titanfall at this point. And if I play Titanfall, I know I'm going to finish first or second in Titanfall for every round. And in this game, I just suck for PvP. And I don't know if I just don't understand enough Halo at this point to play it or what. This is my experience playing every first-person shooter, by the way, which yeah. is why I don't do competitive <laughs> well, multiplayer they're shooters. All different, first of all, Steve. So let's not let's not make any false equivalencies here about first-person shooters. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. I'm just teasing you. It's I suck okay. at all of them, so it doesn't matter. But um, it's well, I'm there are some that I also suck at. I I definitely also suck at. at uh, I'm not actually that good at call of duty multiplayer most of the time but brie i know is very good at it halo is one of the ones that i can get first in in a multiplayer match depends on the map depends on the day if i'm having a good day i can get first but i don't know it definitely has a particular feel to it this is part of what i was trying to explain about why halo 4 is different i i wish i had replayed a little bit of it because i didn't realize i was gonna be talking about it but um the way that you jump in Halo is is its defining feature when it comes to PvP. You really have to know how to time that and incorporate it into your combat. And you have to... It's not a cover system game. It's not like a Gears of War where you really have to be thinking about where cover is on the map. The way that you evade attacks is jumping and moving around constantly. You just have to always be moving. And in previous Halo games, like snipers were always a very powerful enemy. So so you would log in and be like, oh, I've immediately died because I've been headshotted. I don't know if that's an issue for you, Bree. But yeah, it's because that's, that's you have to be it. constantly yeah. moving. It's almost like a gymnastic, acrobatic kind of way of playing multiplayer. And it has this sort of slow feeling, like you're walking on the moon when you're jumping around. But... Mm-hmm. um. Yeah, so it's a, it's definitely a unique game, Halo. I, I don't I don't I haven't played Destiny enough to to have any cool tips on how to beat people, <laughs> but I, I'll try to give you guys some of that next week if I get better at it. But cool. um, I I don't know. That's some advice, I guess, is just to try to keep moving and remember that other people are lining up careful shots on you with their sniper rifles, and that's probably what's killing you. So just think about that, I guess. Okay, cool. See, that's just too much for me to think about. You know what I mean? Like, that's... I, I have a hard, hard enough time just aiming straight at somebody. <laughs> yeah, you have to get very good at rotating that joystick around with your own aim while you're jumping. That's, like, the entire game. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so funny because, Steve, when uh, when I used to start playing Halo and, and I would just get owned every single time I was on a map, my friend and I would just play... Uh, running around each other, like just running around each other, trying to first shoot in like one spot. 
just yeah. run around in really? circles. Yeah. We would. We would just practice just to running practice around. Just aiming while aiming, running? Just so we could get aiming and running. And then you have to add, like, the jumping, aiming, and running. Yep. And yep. Was, Those are the kinds of drills you have practice. to do. We would do these b- drills all the time. I remember the days in, I think, like Quake when they actually called that circle strafing and that was actually a technique you yeah, had to learn. Yeah, yeah. You see, my husband has that naturally. He just he just could always, like, no matter where he is, he's just really calm under pressure and he'd just be like, he'd be have one hand in popcorn and he'd still, like, shoot me right in the head and I would drop dead. But, you know. Yeah, you have to stay calm. That's a big part of it. Like, I find that if I'm not stressed out, I'm way better at shooters, which is weird because I always want to play a shooter when I'm stressed out. So that's backwards. But <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I it probably helps that when I, I cut my teeth on Counter-Strike in high school and I remember that we would do those drills, we'd be practicing strafing and shooting at the same time. And obviously that was with the mouse and keyboard. And when I first was learning Halo around the same time, it was like a completely different skill set. But same idea where you're moving, it's like patting your head and rubbing your stomach at the same time. You're jumping and moving the joystick at the same time or the mouse or what have you. So yeah, I don't know. It's you, I, I think you can train yourself to do it. You just mm-hmm. have to actually be interested in Learning right. spend the time. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's all. That's also kind of why I picked the warlock because I always pick the mage in these types of games anyway because I like to make things blow up. Yeah, so I'm so. curious about that. Do you do you two feel like the multiplayer is unbalanced? Like the warlocks are at a disadvantage compared to the hunters? I, I didn't actually play any multiplayer. I only did the story content because I'm mostly. I, I don't think I got far enough to get into the play versus player versus player. And I'm yeah, mostly- Bree, did you? I, I this is my theory on it. A, I could have just been having a bad night, which you have sometimes at these multiplayer games. Totally. Also, um, eight is currently the level cap, and when I tried multiplayer, I was only at level five, oh. if I remember correctly. Oh yeah, the, the, so, the equipment makes a big difference too. Even if you're right. even in that Iron Banner thing that they were doing, where they take the levels away, and but you still. You still can only use the armor that you've acquired, and the armor has a level cap on it. Right. So even if you're playing against somebody who's a higher level and they're taking the level benefits away, you're right. still playing against somebody who has a better gun and better armor. Mm-hmm. Right, like more yeah. piercing bullets, and you have not the shield to keep up with them. That kind right. Of thing. Exactly. Um, I mean, I'll give it another go. One of the things that was really fun to me about Titanfall is... I never thought of myself as someone that was really good at first-person shooters, but I'm really good at Titanfall because the gameplay is kind of – it really rewards tactical tactical action. Like if you decide to stay uh, like in hardpoint mode, if you decide to just fight people and go for kills – you're going to end up failing your match because that's not the goal. The goal right. is to hold hard points very tactically. Mm-hmm. So you're probably good at Gears of War hard mode too then, right? Yeah, I'm very good yeah, at Gears yeah. of War. So um, I don't know. I, I will give it a go. I think um, what really stood out to me about the Destiny multiplayer was the same thing that stood out to you, Maddie. The arts art style was gorgeous technically compositionally um the design of the spaceships um it was it was wonderful the the world building itself kind of seems like a bunch of D nonsense yeah, to I me don't <laughs> i don't care about any of that stuff at right. all right yeah um <laughs> i know they want me to care about it i just don't and i'm right kind of guilty but it looks so good that i i forgive yeah. them and I like I like that there's like co-op missions in it that you don't have to just do PvP and that they there's a path that you can take that will just let you do co-op missions. Right. The the shooters I've enjoyed like back on the original Xbox, I 
I think I talked about this, that I, I was part of like a group of what what was revolutionary at the time, which was gamers with jobs. Right. And yeah, uh, and we that. would uh, we would get online and we'd play Rainbow Six uh, co-op against like go through the co-op missions. And that was always the most fun that I have with shooters. And that's that's kind of like the story content in this that I'm really I'm really enjoying. And I think that it's kind of it's kind of scratching my Diablo itch a lot. Oh, cool. Yeah. Like, I feel that. Like, this is what I wanted Borderlands to be. You know what but I mean? But you don't like, feel like Borderlands was that? I really enjoyed Borderlands. I know that's an unpopular opinion, but... Well, I felt that, first of all, Borderlands, I didn't like the structure of how the missions went because I felt like it had you want doing a lot of random wandering around and a lot of backtracking. Yeah. Like, the missions were just too long. And if you failed or if you, you know, I don't know, had a screaming kid come in in the middle and you had to turn the game off... <laughs> Then, For example. You, then you you boot up and you'd lose like an hour of progress the next time that you went into yeah, it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think the reason why I like Borderlands is just because I like shooters and I always wanted Diablo to be a shooter and then it finally was. <laughs> right, but it, the other thing is that it overloaded on the loot, Borderlands did. Did it though? Oh, this is, that's like what I loved about it. I know that I all of your criticisms are exactly the ones that everybody else has said. They just aren't problems for me, but it's, it's fine. Because here's what happens is I get a new gun and I go into full on analysis paralysis um. and i will like overanalyze is this gun like the best gun for me and i'll go back and forth and it'll be like five minutes and when you're getting a gun every 30 seconds and you have to go through that decision process it just gets overwhelming after a while right. so like when you get a piece of equipment in in destiny it's it's significant i mean not, not that they're That's stingy true. with it like they drop they drop a decent amount of of gear, but it's pretty. It's not like constant. Like maybe you get a couple of mission, and then you'll get another one as a reward. Right. And then it's clear. It's pretty clear. Like this is the better weapon. Yeah, I get what you're saying. There's not a lot of decision making there, and you know, I like I, I like being able to min max my stats and stuff like that. And you know, I mean, that's that's the Diablo player in me. Huh. But it's just like I, it feels more like what I've always wanted borderlands to be and i didn't really like the classes in borderlands either like there wasn't really i never really felt like there was a like a true mage class that i could get into so i mean there was there, there were a couple but it I, I never really felt like there was just somebody who could just make things blow up which is what i generally like to do is just area of effect um yeah i mean attacks and make things can blow up. do that but it's possible that you didn't play her arc long enough to unlock that skill right but yeah right. she and does eventually get those skills but i get what you're yeah. saying you wanted something like that right out of the gate and that right. game holds off on giving you the really cool stuff until you played it for many hours and yeah and, and i'm used to playing a mage that way like i'm used to like okay this is gonna suck for the first few levels until yeah. i'm actually powerful enough to do something but there's got to be a payoff eventually suffering after yeah. yeah i feel like brick starts out fun but the other characters not so much and i have not yeah. played borderlands 2 i'm sure somebody will write in and ask that but i have not played it at all oh really i have not played it because i've tried to st i've tried to start it three times on three different platforms and i've gotten nowhere every single time well that whole girlfriend mode thing happened which we actually talked about last week <sighs> right but, and that really bothered <laughs> me and i was like ah, should i buy this game and it sucked because i loved borderlands so much i played that game for like i don't know 150 hours i don't know it was nuts how much i liked that game it was sad but but fun for me and I was just, I was upset by that. I felt like they weren't acknowledging that women played their game and I, I didn't know how to feel about it. I still don't really know how to feel about it. Um, and so I, I kept meaning to buy it and I'm like, I can buy it used and they won't get any money and it's fine. But it sucks because I also know people who worked on that game who I like and I'm like, how do I reward them? 
this is like the eternal yeah. problem with didn't you you didn't get it you didn't oh. get it free you didn't get it for free with playstation plus though um i could do that i guess that would be something i could do yeah because then at least you're you know not i mean you're you you paid for it already anyway but we we don't need to get yeah, into that i don't actually again. have a playstation plus subscription <gasps> how is it wait but don't you have to have that on the playstation no 4 i just have psn it's free oh you know what there are missions there are missions in that when you get a little bit further in that they say playstation plus required oh well maybe i should finally get that you know you it's should. been so long that i've just been an xbox live member i i know oh, yeah. i talked on the show about being an extreme xbox fangirl back in the day and i i feel like that has stuck with me in a particular way in the sense that I still have XBLA and I do not have I still have XBL that is and I don't have PS Plus I just don't I never got it's it it's just a good deal though I mean you. but it was never like something that I needed right no there wasn't yeah but they just shower you with free games you may as well I'm turning into an ad for PlayStation Plus yeah you are you really <laughs> you are. are you're laying it on a little thick do you guys have anything else to say about Destiny or should we uh, should we move on I think Peter Dinklage's uh voice acting is astonishingly great um i don't watch game of thrones like i'm sorry it's funny I because don't. everybody oh hated my it. i didn't think it was that bad either everybody right. told me he was going to be really bad and i was like he's playing a robot like everybody <laughs> left that part out and i was like guys right. he's a robot but it sounds like that what they did is they they amped up the uh the robot effects on his voice to make him yeah. sound more robot-y yeah and he does he sounds like a robot. I'm fine with it. I that's not as I understand it. I understood that they they brought him in for like a, a first session to kind of just lay down some tracks, oh, which cool. is what we did. And then we're like, okay, here's the rhythm of it. Let's come and do it for real. Um so that's as I personally understand it, but I didn't work there, so I don't know. So I thought it was fine. I thought it was excellent. Yeah, no, it sounded good. I was told it would be terrible, and I'm frankly disappointed in everybody who upsold me on how hilariously bad right, it would be. Right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm more upset with the fact that they have yellow subtitles on fr- on top of uh, white on white background. Most oh of the yeah, time, I got but, rid of those. Well, oh. I, I always play with the subtitles because I have trouble understanding oh, yeah. what they're so, talking. So, Georgia, are you going to get a PS4 <laughs> so you can join our isometric clown? Yeah, now we're going to all play co-op missions together, right? Please, oh, really, really? Please. Oh, you guys are horrible. Oh. God. <laughs> it's so funny because um the, my my husband loves that I'm doing this podcast because he's like now he can like buy video games and he's like but no we're, <laughs> we're buying video games we need all this because you have to like review so he like like right. goes crazy he's right you should listen goes, to him yeah. <laughs> yeah he sounds he sounds like he has a really good point <laughs> yes exactly so yes he was playing it on I, he was playing Destiny like one of the old like Yay. on on something while I was doing uh yesterday we did a a reviewer on, um, but we were doing it on like a kaiju cat. Anyways, anyway, so he's, he's playing, he's playing like the destiny while I'm watching this other show and I'm like, I'm not picking up anything. And so he's, he's, he would be all into that buying, you know, a PS4 because, you know, we need this now. You know, we can expend this because this is for work. Right. Yeah. yeah you gotta you go. buy one. <laughs> Come on. I want I want to roll with you. Oh, that that does. The three of us haven't even played together because they shut down the servers on Monday and Tuesday to let the stupid X-Boners get their way. (sighs) Oh, how dare they? I hate Xbox now. In fairness, in fairness, they did did bring it up a day early. They did bring it up on Tuesday, but then we couldn't make it work, so. So, Maddie and Georgia, when you guys get killed, I just want you to know, in Destiny, I will risk my life to run over and revive you. Wait, 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 wait. I will wait, totally wait, do that. Steve is screwed. Aww. 
But no, no, no. For all of you, like you, I, I like how you said not Steve's name though. Like you specifically left Steve out of that. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna run over and loot your corpse and laugh at you. Well, she's a warlock. She can't no. use my gun. No, it's I would fine. totally save everyone Aww. here on the show. Oh, so awesome. we've got to roll together. That I this love. will be so much fun. I no, would like to play. It should with be noted that a lot of the missions cap the fire teams at three people. Oh, oh no. Well, Georgia doesn't have a PS4. So <laughs> Georgia, uh, if you want to take your time buying that, we don't really need you to get it. Ever. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna cry in the corner now. Okay. Well, on the upside, well, I doubt all four of us will ever be available at the same time. That isn't on an isometric. Yeah. Corner, I just right? shipped so. a game. I got nothing to do. So oh, if you guys want to come on at five thirty yeah. in the morning when I'm on my exercise bike, then you know. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I wow. got I got no other plans or any professional engagement. I will tell you the servers are really really stable at five thirty in the morning. Yeah, yeah, that's because you're insane and you shouldn't be up at five thirty. You should try playing PvP at that hour and just see right. who's awake. Just see. Oh, what I bet country. I, I bet that I bet then I'd actually be okay because they'd either be like either you know completely asleep or you know they've been playing for like eight hours and mm-hmm. they're they're worn down by that point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, are there people that are like in Korea playing, or is this just like you no, know? No, it's just North America. Okay, so oh, okay. it's just so North yeah, America. Yeah, so yeah. then you're then you're good. The only reason to be up that early <laughs> is if you've stayed up all night, Steve. That's the only reason. You should be playing at five thirty. Yeah, I, judge I hear you. you. I hear I, you. Yeah. I don't judge you. I'm jealous. That's why I come on this podcast to be judged on a on No, a no, no. <laughs> I wish I could wake up at 5.30. That's not even a time no, that exists for me. No, you has, do not. He has, he has children, you see. So 5.30 is the only time he's alone. Oh, God. <laughs> right. I, so, I thought about having kids, and then I realized I'd have to get up early. <laughs> no, I am right there with you. I yeah. Six is as far back as I'm willing to go. <laughs> if I have to get up earlier than six, I'm like, nope. Yeah, at 6 a.m. is as late as I usually stay up, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Right, exactly. I Do you know, Maddie, when you book a flight and it'll like, give you the, like, be at the airport by 6, 7 in the, 7 in the morning. I'm like, that's a nice dream. I do know, you know? What, I like, do yeah, know what you're talking yeah. about. Oh, I could be out at Logan at 7, like 9 a.m.? No way. That's not Good possible. one. <laughs> Video games. Anyway, so, so we, we can... Well, we could yell a Kickstarter. How about that? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. This is an embarrassing story. Oh, I... my God. See, it's funny because, like, over the last three months that we've been doing this show, I have come to realize, like, how many blind spots I have in, like, video games. So I'd never heard of Cast before this. I hadn't either, actually. And I, and I feel like that. they've been around a long time. I saw this. Joe Throopwood had, had tweeted out an article from 2011 where apparently they were taking credit for the success of Minecraft. Yeah, so, they did. Yeah, apparently they were saying that they were they had spent so much time promoting Minecraft on their YouTube channel that Minecraft owed their success to them, which, uh, you know, okay. So Yog, cast is a, they're a YouTube channel. Is that, am I understanding that right? Or they're, yeah, yeah. So... There, they had done a Kickstarter where they were going to do this game called Yogg's Ventures, Yogg Ventures, and they had contracted out to a developer called Wintercool, K E W L, and they raised about five hundred thousand dollars or a little bit more of that, and they just shut the whole thing down. So they're going to be issuing out Steam keys for some other Kickstarter game that Tug that. 
that I guess they have some sort of a relationship with. And even though they're quote under no obligation to do anything and they're not, they're not issuing any refunds. And so somehow the, the developer is closing. They apparently had some sort of, what started out is that they apparently had paid $35,000 up front to somebody to do concept art. And then that, (sighs) that the artist got hired by a major developer like two weeks later and they didn't have anything in the contract to uh, get the money back, so they just lost that $35,000, and then Yogg's cast lost faith in the developer, and then everything kind of spiraled downhill from there. Yeah, it sounded like the developer also admitted that he didn't have any experience with running a company and so forth. I read some of these very depressing quotes by him in these articles and felt very badly. Yeah. So so can I comment on this? (laughs) Please do, Brie. Please do. <laughs> Wait, She's Bri, doing her uh, just a, just a quick question. Sl- three seconds Bri, in. <laughs> are you planning on making a video game about our show or or what? <laughs> Ice no. Adventures? No. No. <laughs> to everyone involved with this, you should look in the mirror and just stare at yourself in the mirror and feel awful <laughs> about every part of this. Like like the people that made the budget for the game it is so beyond unrealistic it is the craziest stupidest most asinine budget i've ever seen in my life they spent 70 freaking thousand dollars on concept art and they're spending a hundred thousand dollars on a back end with one engineer are you stupid do you have any (laughs) idea how unrealistic that is that you're going to make an entire mmo with thirty five thousand dollars for modeling assets for an entire world you can't even get someone out of freaking college for thirty five thousand dollars a year much less someone with any amount of skill so the people running this should be completely ashamed of themselves in the way that they need to quit the industry and never work here again because that's how irresponsible they've been and to the yogscast people you are horrible i cannot imagine treating my kickstarters like that if some meteor came down and destroyed rev 60 I would sooner sell my car and walk everywhere and refund my Kickstarter's money than screw them over like this. Do you have any idea how disrespectful this is? Do you have any idea how evil and selfish this is? Like, what you've done? You are disgusting. I am so pissed off. It makes me mad if you can't tell. <laughs> you might be wow, a little yeah. mad. I had might... no idea how mad you were. I, I mean, I, I mean, let me. I don't know anything about game development, as has become abundantly clear over the last twelve weeks. But <laughs> I, I know enough to know that if you're going to contract out with somebody to do something for you, that you give them a little bit of money up front as a show of good faith, and then you pay the rest after they've delivered what you've contracted out with them to do. You don't give them $35,000 and say, hey, would you mind doing this for me at some point? Congrats, Steve. You're a better manager than this, Jack. (laughs) This person is. Yeah, I I wonder how old all the people involved were and who they are like and what they are thinking in terms of their lives and choices. (laughs) 
Like, are they all 19? I mean, what's the explanation of this? You know, I, I feel like there's not enough information here. Well, I, I felt bad for, for the guy that from, and again, I did too, so, but like, like, what? I felt, I felt so bad because he, you know, yeah, he should have, he should have said no. Like when they were, were asked, he, he should have said no. Like this was a half a million dollars that really, that people gave out of the goodness of their own hearts. And it, it, bleh, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. But, you know, I felt bad because, like, he's writing and he's like, he took, like, the full blame. He's like, listen, this is completely my fault. I mismanaged it. Like, he wasn't someone that was saying, I didn't do it. Yeah. He, he was, he was, um, you know, saying, listen, I, I totally screwed up. I, I mismanaged it. This and this happened. He also put, like, you know, 25000 of his own money into it to try to get, which I guess, Brie, would be, like, almost nothing, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm going to let you finish and now I'm going to go off some more. So... Um, so, and then he said, like, he even, like, spent so much time trying to do it. And this is uh, Christopher Vale. He, he's like, you know, I even lost my marriage from it because yeah, I spent yeah. so much time trying to do this game. Right. Like, and, and, I and he like, said he'd oh, lost his job. Yeah. And then everybody was like, why did he have a job? Right. <laughs> Wasn't well, no, this his was, job? Yeah, I don't. He had to, I think oh. he had to, I don't know what happened. But. Okay, fine. I, okay. There are human Fair. costs. Okay. I get that. <laughs> I get that there's a person there. I do. But Georgia, I have to tell you, I talk to so many people that have unrealistic ideas of the costs of developing That's games. True. Yeah. Rev 60 cost half a million dollars and it is criminal that we managed to finish this game with only half a million dollars. We don't have a back end because there is no freaking way you can make a game with a competent back end for like something of this scale for the amount of money they're talking about. I ran into so many people. They're like, I'm going to make an MMO with $10,000. And you're like, they just have no understanding of the costs of these things. And this budget was a dream from somebody that didn't understand the costs of professional game dev develop game development even if you're criminally underpaying everyone right well they they actually wanted to do it for for two hundred and fifty thousand that is at insane the is insane <laughs> is well, it was insane. so funny because before I started doing the show, I probably would have been like, yeah, that seems like a ton of money. No. And then after doing the show and hearing you talk about it, I'd be like, oh, damn, I got to hear Bree, because this is right. like, they were going to run this. I'm like, Bree's going to go off on the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they ran this like a, like a, a Minecraft with like an MMO, like that you could create anything you wanted yeah, throughout God. the game. Like this seemed like it was like huge like this was a huge game that you could do anything it was like a sandbox game and you could put anything into it you wanted something you could make it and that's anyways. crazy maybe <laughs> maybe a million dollars maybe if you criminally underpaid everyone maybe <laughs> okay well but but who do you think is is actually should bear the m most blame here because to me i sort of lean towards these this yogs cast thing yeah, right. because Absolutely. it's their popularity that allowed this much money to be raised. It wasn't enough money, but they didn't know that. And they still allowed a game developer who's very inexperienced to think that this was possible. And it was sort of like a whole bunch of inexperienced people got together and used their popularity 
to take a bunch of money that then went straight into the garbage. And I mean, it wasn't even inexperience is being kind. It was the guy's first game. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I say inexperienced, I mean as inexperienced as possible. <laughs> because he would have to be in order to agree like to Like he this. was a level one game designer. Like, and you don't get, you don't tie your business to that. I mean, you at least try to look for right. somebody who has like a, some sort of a track record. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't just, like, here, here's $500,000. Go, go run your own game. Like, do do something first. I, I will first. say this at Giant Space Cat. It, it we something we're going to do now. We've shipped is one of my goals. Depending on how much money we have, is to split into an Alpha team and a Bravo team, because you cannot bet the company with every single game. And Bravo team is going to make smaller, less expensive games than the Revolution sixty franchise, which will take you know, at least 18 months for each installment. And if my companies, like, I'm trying to imagine a scenario where I go, okay, Bravo team, go take my company's reputation on Kickstarter and go get this money and then fail and mm -hmm. I'm not responsible for it. That is unconscionable. As a businesswoman, it's bad for your brand. It's morally bad. It's Sounds like a lawsuit waiting to happen. Like it's legally bad. I just, I, I don't understand if this is like some children running this, this, this channel that don't understand this stuff has real world consequences yeah. where you can be sued. Right. I, yeah. I just don't understand. I it. am worried that this one, this one developer is taking the bulk of the blame and like his entire financial future is destroyed. Right. Because right. He's yeah. going to have to absorb all of this debt. Oh, which which right? he was, he was already, you know, again, they chose him. Like I also think that the Augscast people like had a lot of hubris to think that they could just go off and do this just because they made really great and they have a lot of users and I hear that they're really fabulous and really entertaining, but just like not every single skill is transferable into another area. So I think that they, they you know, really had an obligation because people were, were putting money because of them and their name and they had an obligation to pick someone that was going to be able to fulfill it. Plus the fact that they got like $150,000 and then they say that they don't actually have any obligation to fulfill any of the rewards or promises to their people, which goes <sighs> against Kickstarter's promise. And they said it in such a way, well, we're not really obligated to do it, but here we'll give you this game and try to do this and that. But under Kickstarter's terms of use, it says that they require creators to fulfill all rewards of their projects or refund any backers whose re reward they were not able to fulfill. So there also might be some legal re recourse that we're going to be hearing about this, though Yogscast says that, oh, well, that $150,000 that we, gave, we got back was put back into the game and we don't have it anymore. So... <sighs> And, and you know what? You know what the real tragedy of this is? Is that this hurts everybody else who's going right. to do a Kickstarter, right? Because like I, we talked way back in the first episode about the Amplitude Kickstarter, and right. and what I said, and I still stick to that. And well, I've modified it slightly, but that I only back Kickstarters if they're either a proven dev that I already own some of their work and I and it's something that I really want to see exist, or it's something that one of the three of you is involved in. <laughs> and <laughs> don't back me if I'm ever doing anything because that'll mean I've lost my mind. <laughs> well, no, I backed that. Uh, what Cameron? Uh... Oh yeah, I did voice acting for a game that Cameron Kunzelman is going to do. That's right. Yeah. 
So, so I back that, but you know, I mean, other than that, because in that case, you're trusting Cameron, who is an experienced game developer, not me. So, right. I love how loyal Steve is, though. Can I just say that? That's that awesome. Really, that's really all cool. I, I, that's yeah, even despite all the fuzzy. crap you guys give me. <laughs> Steve, we love you. You're one of my favorite people. On the I know. I just want so, to say. but so the point, the point that I'm trying to make is that, like, I don't want to have to go through like the the thing that you don't see on the page. Is I mean, you may see a video of what they're going to do and what the game is going to be, but you don't get an idea of whether they know how to run a business or not. Mm -hmm. And that's almost more important than whether they actually have the technical skills to pull off what they say they're going to. Good point. There's no way really to know that. And that's why I stick to either, you know, someone who I know personally or, uh, you know, like I'm not worried about harmonics not delivering amplitude, right? Like they, they know how to do it. They're the other one that, what was the... The um the game from the Final Fantasy Tactics developer Unsung Story. Thank you. Yeah, I mean that's I think that's Playdeck who is uh, who's behind that, right? I if don't memory remember. serves, yeah. I think Playdeck's behind that, and they they do they've done like Ascension, and I, I own like a whole bunch of their games. I don't have any any concern about them not delivering, but something like this, like I see a whole bunch of Kickstarters look really interesting. It's like I don't know if you know how to do it technically, and I don't know if you know how to sustain a business long enough to be able to actually you know pull this off so you know i'll just wait and if you actually if you actually release i'll buy it when you come out at retail you're looking at it from the consumer perspective for right. me as a developer like we have different i'm an engineer i make plans i make backup plans this is what i do so it's like let's say rev 60 only makes x number of dollars maybe we would go back on Kickstarter and get the other half of it. Do you know what I mean? That's stuff we've thought about. But this entire thing, for me as a developer, on someone on the other side of it, it destroys the the consumer confidence in this Absolutely. platform. It Absolutely. stops people from pledging money for it. So it dilutes Kickstarter's brand, and it destroys the faith that the, ha- that the consumer has mm-hmm. that they're going to get their product. And if you look at Look, Kickstarter is a very mixed bag when it comes to funding video games, but it is a tool in an industry where we need more tools. So I just, I I think they're screwing over other game developers as well well as their consumers. And this is really scummy, awful, terrible behavior. And it does, it hurts everyone because there's, there's, again, there's, it's, it's, it's like crying wolf, right? Like, you know, they, they, other people that have it like there's like five people that pledge ten thousand dollars ten thousand dollars those are hardcore people ten thousand dollars for game i don't know how good this game would have to be for me to pledge ten thousand dollars to it it's it's just really really sad because other people that could really use it and develop a game might not get it and i think that you're absolutely right brie when it also damages kickstarter itself yeah I mean, in a post-potato salad era. Too, yeah, yeah. So. Anybody, that's <laughs> the whole, that's part of the point of Kickstarter. I mean, you, anyone can submit anything. And yeah. Well, it, didn't, it used to be like that, though. It used to be that they would review it and they reject things and it doesn't yeah. seem like they're doing that anymore. Well, Kickstarter also makes a profit from this. They do. So, you know, and they get to keep <laughs> it. So, I guess, more the merrier for them. And it's up to us to be more, you know, selective in what we choose to. But it's hard not to get wrapped up in pipe dreams because the game, like, Reddit, it sounds, like, phenomenal. Like, I would play this game if it actually came out because it sounds absolutely adorable and a lot of fun. But you cannot make it for half a million dollars, Georgia. You just can't. If we didn't imagine that we didn't know you and we didn't know that information, we had no idea. I'd be like, that's tons of money. So, to normal people, 
Yeah. That sounds like an astronomical amount of money. Oh, right. my God. I'm like, $30,000 they could make this game. That's what I would have thought before I met you, Bree. I'm sorry. That's how. No, I, me too. Oh, my I, God. Me too. Absolutely. You could spend 250000 on the back end alone. I but, mean... nor- but normal people don't know that, Bree. Well, that's why it's good to talk about it. I mean, yeah. at least now people are getting a sense of it because of this right. story. And yeah. I think this is going to help consumers, but... I don't know whether it will change the behavior of the way that people are using Kickstarter in terms of what they're uploading. I mean, I remember when this was coming out, people were finding other bizarre Kickstarters and tweeting about them, like Kickstarters that have never been funded, just really strange stuff that's on there that anybody can put up that has never been funded by anyone. (laughs) There's a lot of wild stuff on kickstarter (laughs) let's put it that way and and if any of that stuff goes viral and just succeeds like the potato salad kickstarter it's it feels so weird but that's that's how the internet works it's really strange yeah so i i don't know that kickstarter will change but but hopefully consumers will change at least with video game kickstarters and get a better sense of how much money is actually required to fund the game that they imagine will be the game at the end yeah, I mean, this is this is a lot of things though. Is that is caused by the fact that people don't know how much games cost. I mean, yeah, you, you get into like the yeah, you know the race right. to the bottom in the app store where people aren't willing to spend a dollar on a game because yeah. they have no idea how much it costs, and then they complain when something's like ten or fifteen dollars. Well, yeah, because that costs a couple million dollars to make, and the developer needs to make that money back. You know, it's just that everything kind of comes back to that idea that that there's the not really. I mean, you know how much like motion pictures make. Our right. cost, rather, because right. the budget for every major movie is like always part of the discussion. Mm-hmm. Like they, you can always go and find out how much it costs to make Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, and box office numbers are also really a really big part of those discussions, and usually money goes hand in hand with that as well. Like we talk about money with movies so often in comparison, right? And we don't talk about that with games ever, and and you know normal people. I mean. It, that's why there's so much outrage at spending $60 on a, you know, mm-hmm. on a console game or something like Madden that comes out every year. And there's so much outrage, at, you know, when something comes out for more than like $3 on the App Store, people get upset. And it's because they don't know how much it really costs to make that game and how much, how many copies times how much, you know, after Apple's cut or whatever that they need to make in order mm-hmm. to make that money back. Which is great that you talk about it, Brie, because many people don't. Yeah. And I've done, you know, I don't know how many people I've interviewed that, that created games. And Rarely, if ever, do I hear about, you know, what went into it and how. And I think that I'm much more appreciative of what goes into a game and how much effort and time that kind of came through it so that I'm a little bit more aware. And when I saw these numbers, because before I would have been like, oh, please, that's a ton of money. And I was like, oh, right. I can't no. wait to hear what Bree says about that <laughs> no. one. That's, that's, uh, that sounds interesting. Shame, shame, and more shame <laughs> on all of them. If I see anyone involved with this at GDC, <laughs> don't talk to me. Don't, do not talk to me if you see me at GDC. A pox on both your houses. It it offends me. Like, Georgia, if you heard about a therapist that was out there doing something terribly unethical with their patients, you would be angry. And Maddie, if you... (laughs) Bree, you already know. (laughs) Right. There were some journalists that were taking money to you know, say good things about games right, or something. Right, yeah. Like you'd be outraged. This is immoral, unprofessional behavior. And it, it makes me very angry. Okay, so we're we're almost we're we're almost at an hour of yelling at them. Let's just let's yeah. just go into what we're playing. Yeah, what are we playing. I feel like I want something that's a soul cleansing. Let's talk about what you're playing. That could be soul cleansing. <laughs> what are you 
What are you playing? What are you playing? What are you play- <laughs> what, so, so Brie, what are you playing this week? I don't know what day. <laughs> I, Have you played a game other than Destiny over the last two weeks? I had a dream. I had a dream for three years, and it would be that right before I shipped, I would sit there and I would I would just in quiet with my headphones on, sit down and play Rev Sixty the night before it shipped. And it would just be this magical experience of glorying in everything I made. And I just don't want to do it. Just, <laughs> it's like making sushi. It was so know. much effort. You're like, I'm you know so what? So instead, it's a night before it ships and you're here with us yelling at Kickstarter. Right. Yeah. Isn't this better, though? I mean, isn't this the ultimate realization of This your is dream? better than her dream. Right, right, right. You're with, you're with friends. What am I playing? Um, this week, I played Blood Dragon. <laughs> I think. I truly don't know what I've done this week. <laughs> I have done interviews like crazy. I have answered a bunch of email. I, I don't know if I've played games this week. I cannot tell you. You did play Blood Dragon, though, because you were talking about it before the call started. I did. I did. I played Blood Dragon, people. I like that game. Is that like game. your go-to stressed out game because it's one of your favorites? Oh, oh, no. I, I started Steve. So I started a Mass Effect playthrough because you've been like, Brie, you've got to like experience the Paragon like oh, boy, storyline. I'm, I'm crawling to, under my table right now. You, I'm you've afraid gotta, of this. You've got to experience this. So <laughs> I, I plugged back in my PS3, which is now collecting dust. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this for Steve. <laughs> and I picked like four Paragon choices. It was so morally repugnant to me. I'm like, <laughs> like I can't do this. I can't. I can't do this. So then I just went over to Blood Dragon. <laughs> Blood Dragon is like Bree's Paragon game. Is is what that is? Or her rogue game, perhaps? No, I'm pretty sure. Bra- I'm pretty sure Blood Dragon is Paragon for Bree. Aww. Okay. <laughs> She's I my thumb shop doesn't like after a, a disaster like run up to her team and go are you okay like she just doesn't do that that's not my thumb shop so all right so so Maddie what did you what did you play this week um well I played Destiny but we already talked about that a lot yeah uh, I I finished all of my curated game reviews for the Boston Festival of Indie Games yeah. this past weekend Ooh, I yeah. got a little extension on playing those um, because I went to Kineticon and. Brie was very kind and gave me an extension because Brie's helping curate that this year. (laughs) So so, um, I don't know if I can talk about those, but I guess I'll just say that the Boston Festival of Indie Games is probably going to be really cool because I played some cool games. So I'm sure that at least some of them, a couple of them will make it into the arcade that they're going to have there. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to go because last year I couldn't go because no show conference in Boston Fig were at the same time. Because I'm curating, I'm running the entire digital curation of BFIG this year. And we go over to MIT and we look at the floor where it's going to be. And it just sinks in. There's this giant warehouse of, of this giant floor of games I've got to curate and assign games to. And it's just like, it's, it's really going to be big this year. So thank you for helping me uh, pick some good games. Yeah, I hope that the stuff I said was helpful. I know that not all the games are going to make it. And so even when I looked at a game and I didn't think it would make it, I still did my very best to tell the developer why I wasn't a fan of whatever elements. And I don't know, it's always cool to kind of, as you would call it, Brie, play for the other team (laughs) and write 
criticism of a game that is not published publicly anywhere and that I am writing directly to the developer that they will personally read and possibly take into account. That kind of writing is not something I get to do very often. But I got to curate for Boston Fig last year. Even though I couldn't attend, I still curated it. And I really enjoyed doing it. So I was happy to do it again this year. And I recommend the experience if any of our listeners are in the industry and wanted to help next year. I know that they always need more help right Brie is that still true it is true yeah it's hard to find good curators that will get their stuff done uh I could tell you I can tell you if I remember correctly one of your games made it in and we're still trying to decide on some of the others yeah that makes sense um cool and I also played Kim Kardashian's free iOS game so yeah (laughs) (laughs) I've been reading a lot of a lot of stuff about that game. Yeah, and, I mean, I we I post you on Twitter that I have no, I, you know, I have no interest in this game. I, but. It's fine if you have no interest in it, but I I do want to clarify that this is a game where you can play as a man or a woman, and you can date men or women, and you can date as many men and men or women as you want, and that is bonkers that that is something that kim kardashian has figured out and almost no triple a game developer has so (laughs) it is a little sad that kim kardashian's adorable game about working in the fashion industry is more ahead of the curve on sexuality than i don't know any other (laughs) thing (laughs) so i i don't know i think that's a really cool element but other than that yeah it's a game where you play as a budding fashion plate who meets kim kardashian and becomes her best friend and you begin to navigate the world of fashion and that's what the game's about and it's free and you can buy extra outfits if you want to but you don't have to so yeah, it's a very that's the, game. that's the only transaction in the game is just outfits. I think there are some other ones. Yeah, you can buy you can buy energy, which is usually the case in iOS games. Like if you want to play uh. for longer, you can pay for it, and you can sort of buy different ways that your character looks, things like that. Uh, but I I usually don't ever buy any of that. I haven't hit a cap on this. I would say the game gets boring after a while. That's the cap that you hit. But um. <laughs> That's look. That's the case with all those types. Yeah, of yeah, games, yeah. Though. But I, I think that the game itself is pretty interesting for what it is. And Gita Jackson wrote a story about it for Pace this week about how the game describes fame and the culture of it. And she also wrote about like Kim Kardashian's personal life and how that is represented in the game. And I thought it was a really good piece. And I probably wouldn't be playing the game except that Gita and I spent a weekend at Kineticon together and Gita played the game the entire time. And I was like, what is wrong with you? I need to play this and understand (laughs) it. And then I kind of did because Gita has pretty good taste in video games. So if she's into Kim Kardashian's game, then I know there must be something interesting about it. And she was right. So... It yeah. almost makes me. It almost makes me want to try it, but then I'll hate myself. So I, yeah, that's you might like I it. I mean, yeah. I, I know check out Gita's article. You see, I would that's say. what I actually worry about, Maddie. Is that <laughs> I might actually like it, and then I have to actually state that I like it, and I don't think I can do that. So it's not that I'm bad. Never <laughs> you said you like Hasho. That's the problem. Yeah, you like Hashroids. Like, I did. You see, that's the problem. I like. I like some strange games. I can't do it. I can't even go there. I don't know. I played it. Whatever. It's no. Free. There have been. I, I'm. I'm with you, Georgia. There are some <laughs> games that I've not. I've not played because I've been afraid that I would like them too yeah. much. Yeah. 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 And then I. Then someone's going to be like, you know, what are you? What are you playing next week? And I'll be like, uh, no, nah, I can't do it. No. <laughs> well, for what it's worth, noted games journalist Brendan Keogh has been playing the Kim Kardashian game, and he told me he really likes it. So you guys really have no excuse. 
Oh, I have plenty of excuses. <laughs> okay. Fine. <laughs> all right, so Georgia, what have you been playing while we've all been playing the Destiny beta? Oh, ow. <laughs> Ouch. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, um, okay, so it was kind of cool because uh, Renee from iMore, he was uh, reviewing a game, and it came out, and he reviewed it. He did not like this game, and everyone wrote to him and they're like, he was getting like all on Twitter and they were all up in his grill about how, you know, this game is really, really amazing. And so he goes, well, listen, Georgia, you love puzzle games. Can you try out this game and let me know, you know, was I off about it? Which is really cool that he does that because, you know, he really cares about giving something that's honest and fair. And he knows how much people time and care that they put into their games. So I played the game. It's a Doctor Who game on um, the iPhone. I love this game. Oh. I love the game. It is a mix between, um, like, you get, you have little characters, and it's a mix between, like, color changing, so kind of like uh, Bejeweled or um, Candy Crush. So it has that a- aspect, but then you shoot spells depending on the characters that you get. And if you're a Doctor Who fan, like, I don't, I'm not a huge Doctor Who fan. I watch them. I like Doctor Who, but I'm not a huge fan. But it has the music. You get all the characters that are in the different episodes that you get to get. And it's a really, it's not beautiful looking. It's, it's simplistic looking. But the gameplay, they've really thought about what they're doing and what each character does and the different types of attacks. And you get different outfits. You get different spells. And, it's not stressful because you go through the different levels and it'll tell you what might drop there. So you don't have to like go through a hundred thousand different levels trying to search for what's going to drop and what's a rare drop. So I have been playing this game ever since then and I think it's a lot of fun. So for Doctor Who fans, it's like almost a must. But if you like puzzle games and puzzle games that are like, like role playing puzzle games, this is really cute and fun as well. Well, Steve, what did you play? Okay. So I, I, Spent time with two games this week other than Destiny. So the Club Nintendo uh, Gold and Platinum Award rewards came out, and so I got Platinum. Shut up. So. <laughs> what? Wait, what? What just happened? So when you when you spend all of your disposable income on Nintendo games, right, you yeah. register the games at Club Nintendo, and then at the end of the... The year, which ends at the end of June, they if you've gotten a certain number of points from filling out surveys from buying all these games, right? Then they give you a free they give you a free reward, and there's a gold there's a gold tier and a and a platinum tier. So everything was downloadable games this year. The gold tier was all like NES NES level virtual console games, but the platinum tier there were a few games. One of them was was Earthbound for Wii U, which I have already. Um, there was Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong for the 3DS, which I wasn't really interested in because I don't like the Donkey Kong games. Uh, so I ended up getting NES Remix. Oh, I love that game. I hate this game. <laughs> well, yeah, is it, is it the first one or the, the first second? one? The first one. Oh, the first one. one's bad. No, yeah. the, so, so what happens is that it's, it's kind of like if they took that video of like, what was Super Mario Brothers like if it had a tutorial level? Except they actually made a game out of it. So they have all these little challenges of these old original NES games of like, oh, go get all the coins in this level. Not, you know, get kill 10 guys while you have invincibility with Mario. And it's it's like this is fun for a little bit. And, you know, so there's Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. And and to be fair, I only I didn't get to the second tier where some of the later NES games are. So it's all like the first, the first gen NES games, and that some game of, is not good. Some of those it first gen NES games yeah. are not good yeah. at all, and it's like I had to spend more time playing the original Mario Brothers than I ever want to spend oh. playing. Like the original Mario Brothers is 
I don't know if any of you have spent any time with it lately, but don't. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's bad. It's terrible, and there are it's a lot of challenges thing. that involve yeah. like the controls are terrible, and it's just boring. And some of the challenges are like way more difficult than they need to be. So, and you know, I was playing it with the girls, and oh. you know, my oldest was okay with it, and the twins just walked out on me. <laughs> Like, I, I children, don't know so see your When children will that. leave you, Steve, when you're playing yeah. a video game, you know the video game is probably pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> so so that was that. And <laughs> so the other game that I play is I picked up, it was on sale this week uh, for iOS. I picked up Liberation Maiden. And uh, which, well, you know, I it's. Yeah, I, no, I, I like that game. Yeah, I no, like I like it. Game, it. Yeah. It's it's kind of, it's very anime. And it's kind of the the arcade sh- arcade space shooter type of thing that I like, and I, I have no idea what the hell's going on in the story. It's like that's bonkers. the one where the girl gets elected president, and then like well, they well, elect her a, president. And well, then it's not she, even like elected president. Like her, yeah. like she's like the the daughter of the the president, and like the president gets assassinated, and apparently, yeah. in Japan, in, in in this version of Japan, apparently there's like a succession to the daughter for for the presidency or something. Yeah. I don't know. And then she puts on a mech suit and just yeah. starts flying. Like that's the president. Yeah, that's what the president. Mad- Madam President, well, you did a good job blowing up all those lesser spikes. Like, well, what? Hell, okay. if I could get a mech suit, no matter which way it would be, I would be in a mech suit. That yeah. that you can't even judge her. No. <laughs> even if you're Canadian, I will totally vote for you for president <laughs> if you get a mech suit. Oh yeah, yeah, the mech suit. You can't. So it, you can't fault so the you, you know you basically just fly blow around up the constitution up that part that says that Canadians can't be president and then you're president <laughs> and that's what it says exactly it doesn't say anything else it says Canadians can't be president yeah yes <laughs> it, that's in the constitution yeah yeah, yeah. I so, like how it, she can't be the president of Canada in the mech suit she has to be the president of the United States like I thought that's where we were going with it but no well that's because that's because Canada doesn't have a president it has a prime minister and that's totally not the same thing right a prime <laughs> minister in a mech suit that's ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous that's like a queen in a mech suit like who would do that oh god so so anyway so so you fly around you blow stuff up and it's fun and and for a dollar it's short but you know it's it's one of those games where you kind of slide your you use your left thumb to move around and you slide your finger over targets to target them and then you blow stuff up and it you know for for a dollar it was fun how how close is it to pacific rim uh (laughs) No, it's not really okay, Pacific. It's because you're not you're not going after like kaiju. They're more like uh, it's you're you're blowing up battleships and and submarines, and then there are these kind of weird things that just come up out of the out of the ground that are like the boss battles. But it's not like kaiju or anything like that. Georgia, when you run for Mexico president of the United States, I have some slogans for you. <laughs> Can, okay, so Georgia. <laughs> It just needs to be a black and white sign. Yeah. Like, so the top half of it is black on white, and then the bottom of it is going to be white on black. So the top should just say Georgia, and then the bottom of it should say, this time it's personal. (laughs) And then we'll have, like, picture of me in the mech suit. Yeah. Can I have you guys, like, as, like, my, like, you know, sidekicks? You can be blowing me up with the mech suit in Um, the campaign. I think think that we would be just awesome fighting together. Okay. That would be just okay. so much fun. I'm down with that. That's more cooperative. And then Maddie can like form like the Samus ball and I could like throw it oh, at people. Yeah. Like <laughs> the throw it ball. Then, then we of course have Steve in the panda suit. <laughs> Why don't I get a mech? Why do I have to have the panda suit? You have a suit? mecha panda yes, suit. You have the panda suit. Can it at least be know. like an Ultraman panda suit? And and when we defeat everyone, it would be it would be like the reverse stereotype. So it would be Steve that would jump around and go, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yikta. Hey, Georgia, how about this? Okay, so 
the campaign poster is you in the mech suit, and you've got. Do you know that scene in Predator where he goes like, ah? Yes, yes. Yeah. So that's what you're doing with your mech suit. (laughs) And you're just blowing and fire is just exploding out of your mech suit. And you've got this grimace of anger on your face. Thank God you said it was blowing out of my mech suit. Right. (laughs) And then your slogan is, think globally, act locally. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Or else. (laughs) On that note, <laughs> uh, if you'd like to go uh, visit the show and, and go see all the links that we talked about and all this nonsense that we just went through, uh, you can go visit the show notes, uh, either at isometricshow.com or you can go to 5x5.tv slash isometric. You can go find the show notes there as well. Please go and go to iTunes and review the show. It really helps us out uh, quite a bit. And uh, if you'd like to send us feedback via email you can send that to feedback at isometricshow.com and you can tweet the show at isometricshow and uh, you can go ahead and follow us i am at wicked good and brie where can people find you uh my twitter is at moms against games only it's not games on the end of it it's just g-a-m so moms <laughs> against cam it's you're gonna start rumors that you're behind it. that yeah, who know. is behind that Twitter account? I don't it's, know it's where that came from. Pretty incredible. Um, or you can follow me on my fake account at SpaceCat. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie, where can people find you? Um, you can find me at Samus Clone on Twitter. And fake and account. That that is my fake account. Yeah, I don't have a real account though. Samus Clone is an extremely skilled mimic. <laughs> So yeah, you can follow you can follow that guy. I don't know. He's been doing it for years. <laughs> and Georgia, where can people find you? Well, you can find my manager Bree. She's follow her and then she'll she'll send any tweets that she thinks are like, you know, as I'm running, I, I'm campaigning all over the place trying to fit the suit. Um, but you can follow follow me on Twitter at Georgia underscore Dow. And if you don't get any of the inside jokes that we have, you should like watch the first isometric because watch we, they're just Do you mean running. listen. Listen, sorry. Also you should sorry. watch the secret video version of isometric <laughs> and if you can't find it, you're not trying hard enough. Yeah. So yeah, and please don't go back and listen to the first isometric because oh, it's awful. <laughs> it's probably horrible. We should watch. We should watch it when we get to like show hundred. We should watch it and just laugh because we should do a commentary of the commentary that we make in the episode. Can our <laughs> listeners please like Photoshop Georgia in a mech suit? I, I really need to see that. I want to see transforming Georgia in a mech suit, and then the slogan "Change we can believe it." <laughs> I would vote for her. That is brilliantly funny, Breach. Uh, we can, we need a Kickstarter suit, for that. As the mech suit's changing, I love it. Extra points nice. if she's tossing nice. a morph ball in the air, or if a panda is in the background. Well, we need, yeah. we need, we need yeah. Brian and Steve. And Steve, you know what Steve has to be wearing. I'm not going to say it because then yeah. Steve's going to edit me out of the podcast. <laughs> Does it so, rhyme with panda suit? In case you were wondering why you didn't hear Georgia this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. right. So, so thank you very much for listening as always, and we will catch you next week. Have a great one. 